Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, H Town? Welcome to the Believe in Astros podcast. Your home for all things Astros. With your hosts, sports writer Jeff Balky and Astros broadcaster and former third baseman Jeff Blob. Now, here's Balky and Blubber. What is up, Astros fans? Welcome to episode 52 of the Believe in Astros podcast on the Believe Podcasting Network. I'm Jeff Balky, alongside my partner Jeff Blum, who is still in Florida but about to head back home from spring training, having called a handful of games, admirably as always. Um, did you get any sun, Blummer? You look like yeah, maybe you got a little sun. I, I hope so. I, I'm one of those gradual sunbathers because, number one, I'm pasty, and my skin mm-hmm. absorbs uh, the UV rays at an astonishing rate that turns into <laughs> lobster color. And uh, yeah, I think we have the same issue, but uh, my wife has been, since I've met my wife and have been playing baseball, she has just been sunblock, sunblock, sunblock. So now it's just second nature for me to slap on, you know, 15 to 25, you know, SPF and go out there. So I try and do my best, but over the years, I've actually got some sun damage, but so far I get a little farmer, I get the farmer tan a little bit sometimes, but the thing is I... I'm like a. What happens to me is I go basically. I, I turn into two things. I either go to one giant freckle, or <laughs> I turn completely solid red. You never yeah. know. It's it's a crapshoot out there in the sun. But I'm like you, just like my wife is always like, put on sunscreen. So like mm-hmm. every, it's just part of the deal. Man, you can find us on put on sunscreen. Yes, it's a good move, dude. It's it's actually and and as you get older, especially Ooh. you start getting weird. It's not even just because of the cancer problem it's because of all the weird spots you get <laughs> just because, yeah, it's like I don't take, I, i'm not i'm not vain or anything yeah. <laughs> a little i'm not on tv every day <laughs> yeah you are you can find us on spotify apple stitcher and of course youtube be sure to like and subscribe to keep up with us and give us a follow on twitter at believe in astros you can find me at jeff balky blummer at blummer 27 all over social media thanks to everyone who's given us five stars and left us reviews on apple keep that business up if you haven't you know go ahead make it happen obviously send us your comments questions we love seeing all those and we read them for example today's question who the is justin durden oh and we will we we will talk a little bit about it because we talked a little bit about it on the last one but i want to discuss that a little bit because he's he's making it hard for people to not pay attention to him, mm, as you might notice. All right, quick word for our sponsor. Bet Online remains your number one source for all sports betting this season. Everything from pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. Here's a question for you. Would the University of Houston Cougars men's basketball team beat the Houston Rockets? <laughs> yes, and, there is, and they would scream, I think whose it, house? Cougs <laughs> house. I think, it, I think it might be close. Just saying. I mean, the Rockets. The Rockets are more talented, but I'm, they might turn the ball over thirty times. Just 
just putting it out there. You'll always find the latest odds, <laughs> team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join. Receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BLEAV to receive your rewards. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, Durden, as we mentioned. First of all, how's the week been? Like, what are your observations over the course of the week? What have you seen? Uh, have, has there been anything funny or weird? Have you eaten any really good food? Like, never mind the, what's happening on the field. Let's find about Blummer's personal life on this trip. Um, it, it's been good. You know what? Uh... There, there's a place just up the street from the hotel we're staying at, and it's, it's kind of funny because it's called Rocco's Tacos, and uh, I, I am obviously uh, extremely food biased toward Mexican food, so it, it's been kind yep. of a, a staple for us when we come here, especially Julia, TK, and I when we're together. Uh, Julia left a couple of days ago. Uh, TK, I think, is he's leaving and coming back to do some radio. But that usually seems to be the meeting spot for us. We're pretty much creatures of habit. Um, But as far as anything crazy or abnormal, um, not really. But the hotel I'm staying at has a a free continental breakfast. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think every Astro fan is staying here. And so (laughs) I'm the guy that, like, went to the gym early. And the gym's right next to the buffet for some reason. And, I mean... You know, you get fans knocking on the window, hey, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like, like hey. man, I'm on the treadmill, bro. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I'm sweating, pitting out, you know, grunting. And I'm like, this is, this is not what they probably want envisioned seeing, but to their credit and amazement in my mind, they still want a picture. They still want an autograph. They still want the conversation when I'm standing there, you know, half drenched and exhausted. So uh, a credit to them. And that's probably the most odd thing that's happened. But uh, other than that, everything's been pretty, pretty damn smooth. And I can't get over how nice the weather's been. I don't know what it's oh, like yeah, back in Houston down. right now, but it has been perfect out here. It's cloudy and gross, but this weekend's going to be spectacular in Houston. There we it's go. I'm bringing the weather beautiful. with me. I'll that's take right. Credit. I will say this, Blummer. Kudos to you for getting up early in the morning and going to the hotel gym. (laughs) But like you said, you know, it's like you've got this, and I don't know what it is too, man. That could be a whole other like psychological podcast, but I don't know if it's the competitiveness or the fact that I'm hanging around 25-year-old Adonis's every day that I'm like, man, I can't show up, you know, looking sloppy. You know, so I still have this this urge to stay in shape, and obviously my wife is gorgeous, and that that's motivation too. But you know, hanging around these young guys, you know, uh, gosh, uh, Zach Daniels, I stood next to him, and I was like, dear God, they're building people different these days <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. he, he's enormous, he's jacked, he's athletic, uh, he can do it all, and it's but it's fun to watch because these guys are in great shape. But yeah, it's just. I appreciate the credit, but man, dude, the older I get, the harder I got to work. Yeah, I'm gonna go hit the gym today after this podcast is over. I'm gonna, uh, you know, you got you got to keep that you got to keep that stuff flexed for the tats you keep getting, man. Good for you. I saw <laughs> yeah, that. That's right. That's a yeah, nice, new, nice got, tattoo, a nice sediment, dude. I appreciate. Got that. Got the new ink. Oh, thanks. I appreciate yeah. that. Got a, a, some ink for my niece who passed away last year. Um, the other one, it's it's odd. It's like I've got one tattoo that's uh, for my dad. And then mm-hmm. I've got one. These are the only two ta- tattoos I've gotten, and I'm over 50 when I started getting them. Oh. So never too late, I guess. But the other one for my niece, 
Uh, and then um, I told my mom recently, I said, you know, if you play your cards right, there's space left for you. <laughs> oh, dear Lord. <laughs> my, that's a unique relationship mom, you've got there. <laughs> I know. My mom, she laughed. She got I know, laughed. that's great. But it's like, but yeah, thanks. I appreciate that. Yeah, I, that's the thing. You know, I can't be flexing and have big old flabby ass arms with the yeah. with the ink on there yeah, my wife pl- still doesn't think i should do the whole sleeve um, oh dude I, but but I'm, I'm i'm i definitely have a couple others that i already want and the guy who's who's been doing them he's a guy i know he's really good at it yeah and i'm like nice hey work. what about this what about this what about this he's like oh yeah we can do that no problem so we'll see i hope yeah, i'll the turn enabler. into it <laughs> I'll turn into the dude from Rage Against the Machine, the bass player who just has black upper arms. Yeah, it's just dude. solid black. That's all it is. It's kind of vicious like looking. That, that's hardcore. And that speaking of in shape, that guy is crazy in shape. I know, like right? he is a workout hound, you know. Um, okay, so let's first talk about Justin Durden. We talked about him a little bit the other day. There was an article about him in the Chronicle mm-hmm. about the possible could he could he make a 40 man roster and obviously the guy i think he has to beat out is jake myers right mm-hmm. i mean i think that's the guy he's going to have to beat out um you know they already have a couple bly madrice is on their 40 man roster so for, <laughs> never forget bly madrice uh, how could you forget that name um but when you look at it the astros roster is stacked like it has been um but man, you cannot argue with the numbers. Like the guy just he just hits and he keeps hitting. Like what do you do with a guy like that? I mean, I, we talked a little bit about the fact that he could end up with another team, but yep. if the guy just hits, like what do you do in that circumstance? How do you handle that? Well, the first thing is, is if I'm on the outside looking in, if I'm an Astro hater, which there are plenty of <laughs> them and we know this. Yeah. You're watching Justin, and I'm sorry to correct you, but the, you know part of the part of the business is pronouncing names right, and it's Dearden. Oh yeah, but it Dearden. looks like Durden. Okay. Yeah, but good. it's good. Good to know Dearden. Yeah. So, but if I'm a, if I'm if I'm one of those haters and I'm watching the Astros, I'm going, son of a bitch, where do they find these guys? I'm in the organization. I like the Astros, and I and I'm going, holy crap, Justin Dearden's legit, man. Yeah. He, he's he's a very good athlete. He's yeah. he's got the you know the big league beard going. Uh, he's had to <laughs> grind a little bit. You know he does he didn't have that that prototypical path where he went to a major yeah. college, gets drafted, and shows up. He was he went to a couple of different small schools, and he was in that 2020 year where he was supposed to get drafted, but they only had the five rounds because right. of COVID. So he was an undrafted free agent, and he said he had a couple of offers, but the Astros made the best offer to him, and he shows up. And he's only two years into his minor league career, and he has shown up here in big league camp and really kind of like turned some heads, and yeah. not just kind of like gradually. It's been a snap of the neck because he's hitting a, he's hit his first home run to the opposite field. He's a left-handed hitter too, which is great. Opposite deal, field. Yeah. Pull side home run. He's playing unbelievable <laughs> defense. He he laid right. out, and made a catch the other day. Yeah, and flash that leather. Thing, yeah, flash the leather. But he's also you see a little bit of that baseball savvy in a play he had the other day. Runner on first base, base hit to his left in between the first baseman and second baseman, and he charged in and came up firing and hit Jose Altuve square in the chest with this throw and stopped the runner at second base. And that's kind of that internal baseball instinct that you want to see from an outfielder that can stop runners from advancing another 90 feet. And it was Mm -hmm. funny because he did that in the second inning, I think. Later on in the fifth, 
there was a runner that just completely shut it down before he got to second base. He's like, I'm not even going to test this guy trying to go to third. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things trending in the right direction for a Justin Dearden. And uh, the left-handed aspect of it, I think, makes him very appealing. And as much as we yeah. say, you know, Dearden's playing for 29 other teams, there's guys like Jake Myers that could be playing for 29 other teams also. Right. So it's it's th- that's where that decision, I think, you're kind of coming to. Where you start to decide, do we keep the younger guy? Do we can we can we package that guy with somebody? You know, there's some scenarios being played out. I think upstairs. Well, I think also, you know, the the, the one of the key question marks for Dearden, and thank you for that correct pronunciation, was uh, <clears throat> his ability. He's they consider him an average defender, um, but the big thing is he has a an above average arm. And the guy mm-hmm. has a cannon from uh, from the outfield, which means, and he has he's he's fast. You know, they they talked about his base path speed was really high. So he's a guy that can get to balls in center field, for example. So being a guy that could have a you know could back up in center field, and he is a left-handed bat. You know, the Astros love having those left-handed bat options, yes. which they don't have a ton of them. And uh, <coughs> so I don't know if he's. You know, going to make the major league club. I think it's probably a long shot. Yeah, but it's man, a long shot. Yeah, but man, has he been impressive this first week of spring training? And frankly, if he remains this impressive throughout spring training, I think you know there's going to have to be some decisions made, particularly depending on what happens with Jake Myers, who's playing today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll have to see. You know, mainly with Jake, can Jake Myers throw? You know, or is his yeah. arm just literally falling off? Um, so we'll just, we'll have to wait and see. All right. So I, I want to go over a few guys here that I've been reading some stuff and, and so there's a few guys I kind of want to get your, uh, just take on in terms of where we're projecting them this season. I think the Astros, uh, I was reading the baseball prospectuses, uh, Astros season preview, uh, and Basically, they have the Astros winning between 95 and 100 games. Mm-hmm. Um, no real shock there. They, they describe them as like a boulder uh, on the top of a hill just waiting to crush you, which I think <laughs> is probably not a, not a terrible <laughs> uh, description. But they, they had some interesting takes on a few guys, and, and I'm curious to get your take on them. They, they, first of all, it's Kyle Tucker. And listen, um, I... We all know that Kyle Tucker's already an all-star. Mm. <coughs> He's a gold glove winner. The guy's probably the best uh, right field defender in the American League. Um, but baseball perspectives that they're you know modeling thinks that he's going to take a leap this year, which I think is really fascinating. And the main reason they think of it is because they think he's going to improve his plate discipline, which he did struggle at the plate last year. He was not as good as the year before in terms of average and on-base percentage. The other thing was is they think he's going to steal more bases. I mean, we could have a 30-30 year in the Mm -hmm. offing uh, for Kyle Tucker coming off arbitration where he lost. Um, I mean, you start to wonder, is there a little bit of a chip on that shoulder? Um, They're projecting about a 4.7 war. Um, I, you know... Do you think that do you see the same thing? I know you were really bullish on Kyle Tucker, particularly in the mm. postseason. Um, I'm wondering what you think about him coming this year. I I am a Kyle Tucker fan, and I do believe that he is going to be that 30-30 guy. Uh, <clears throat> you know, you're right about the plate discipline. If you're gonna if you're gonna try and pick him apart, 
you know, I can't do it to the extent the Astros did in arbitration and talk him out of about two and a half million dollars. But he, 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 we saw a regression in the batting average, but I don't yeah. really think that we saw a regression in production. <laughs> he's still able to drive in runs. He's still able to steal bases. He scores runs. Uh, the one thing that the Astros love is guys getting on base, and that's yeah. the more. And what's crazy. And I think to the point of this article is, is if he does get more selective and he stays locked into every single at bat, he is going to become that much tougher of an out. Because yeah. you could, you know, last year you could get him to chase early. He would swing at the first pitch and he'd fall behind in counts and then just all of a sudden disappear in at bat. But if he stays consistent and forces pitchers to get in the zone, he's going to get more pitches to hit. And we know that when that ball's in the zone, he has the power to drive it out to be a 30-home run guy. We also know that he has the ability just to hit, period. And one thing I've been watching in these spring training games is how many of these left-handed hitters on both teams, you know, whoever the opponent was, and especially Kyle Tucker, is are they going to try and go up the middle? There was a great at-bat yesterday in yesterday's game with J.J. Medijevic going left on left, and he really forced his front shoulder to stay closed, let the ball travel, and hit just a – it was a line drive to center field. It wasn't It wasn't crazy smoked because he kind of brought the hands in, but it was in a position where the shortstop in a shift situation might have been able to jump up and catch it. And the other day in St. Lucie, uh, Kyle Tucker had a couple of hits, and it was left center, right center. So mm-hmm. all of a sudden, I'm going, these guys are seeing the field as hitters completely different, and that's dangerous for Kyle Tucker because if he does become the 30-30 guy and you add a 280-plus batting average to that, RBIs yeah. are going to go up, runs are going to go up, and the value of that guy is going to go up. Yeah, I yeah, I think you're right. I, I'm going to be real curious to see. Like, I, I wonder, too, how it's going to affect him, the tempo, because Kyle Tucker was a very deliberate guy in the box. Yes. You know, he's rubbing his hands. With that dirt every time he has like uh, my buddy Frank loves to uh, mimic every single person in the box and he, he had Kyle Tucker pretty well down, but I mean he's a pretty del- I don't know if you saw the video of Carlos Correa uh, yesterday he was he was at an at bat he fouled a ball off and then he just started kind of wandering around like he forgot that he couldn't and then he was like oh and he jumped back in and he had to take a strike because he just you know he wasn't paying attention he just forgot you know I imagine that's going to be kind of commonplace here in the in the spring training but Mm -hmm. with Kyle Tucker you know if if he can keep from getting rushed if he can get into that routine he's also a groove hitter seems Mm -hmm. like to me he's a guy that gets on a roll and he gets hard to stop him once he gets on a roll um so yeah I have I have high hopes for him I hope he's that good this year I hope he you know is 4.7 more and I hope he uh, gets more plate discipline. That would be amazing. Next up is Jeremy Pena. And the reason I bring him up is because, you know, Pena had a decent year last year, but he had kind of a rookie year. It was up and down. You know, he had 20 home runs, <clears throat> 20 plus home runs, but he, he was, you know, one of the things that we saw last year was he had a 3.9 walk percentage, which is not good. Um, another guy who needs a little bit better plate discipline. But, um, when you look at him, he was great defensively. Why his war was as you know as high as it was, um, but the thing is, it, we talk about him, but he's like 
he was a freaking star of the postseason, right? <laughs> so you talk about him like, well, Pena probably needs to improve, but it's only we, we see him. He was he made as as a you know Kenny Smith famously said, you know, in the in the uh, mm-hmm. regular season you make your name, in the playoffs you make your fame, and he certainly made his fame. <clears throat> what is he going to need to do this season really to gain some of that consistency, particularly at the plate, and and what do you think he's doing to accomplish that? Well, it's hard to think about Jeremy Pena without thinking about what he did in the postseason. And it's one of those things where we don't remember how you started. We remember how you finish. And he finished so extremely well that that's all we can remember. And that's all we can think about when we do see Jeremy Pena. But if you do go back to the regular season, you're absolutely right in the sense that he had that rookie year because you're going to have great highs. You're going to have some lows. You're going to find that medium. You're going to have some good months. And then all of a sudden you're going to be like, what happened to this guy? But that's just part of the growing pains Mm -hmm. because the league is trying to figure you out. And as a rookie, you're trying to figure yourself out in the league. And early on, Jeremy Pena had some quirks in his swing that really moved his head a little bit, and he had the tendency to chase some sliders. And he had issues with that for about five months. Then he gets to September, and he (laughs) was working his tail off, figures something out in the cage, kind of gets rid of that leg kick a little bit, has a nice little waggle of the bat to get him ready, and he started to drive the baseball, but he also started to lay off that slider out of the zone. And once pitchers started to realize that, they they didn't panic, but they were like, okay, he's not chasing that. we got to find another way to get him, but they couldn't get him. And that was because he's, he slowed down that leg kick, his head got still, he saw the ball better. So the biggest thing for Jeremy Pena is just to get that feeling back in spring training and just repeat it over and over again and just stay consistent with it. But I think he is going to get tested early on this season with a lot of uh, you know breaking balls, sliders, curveballs off the plate. Yeah. to see if he continues to chase. But once he establishes that he's not going to chase off the zone, he's only going to get better. But the thing is for him is just to be more consistent, and that's just uh, what he's got to work on. I'll tell you, the, I, I was re-watching a, uh, uh, the uh, game against Seattle uh, with Jordan's walk-off, and, you know, his, oh, he, he hit – he had an incredible at bat before. You know, we talk about Yornon's walk off. That, that's really talk the guy. About yeah. Yeah. Jeremy Pena hit that a, a ball that was kind of out of the strike zone. He was down in the count. <clears throat> you just slapped that thing up the middle for a base hit. That was a huge deal at that time. And uh, I don't, you know, I mean, I hope we see more of that guy. <laughs> yeah. Because that guy was that guy was special. Well, that was that was a good at bat, but it was also a cerebral at bat because if you do chase right. that pitch off the plate, it's almost as if you're anticipating it. And if I can get the barrel to it, I'm going to go ahead and hit it. And that's kind of what he did. Yeah, agreed. So the third guy on this list is Hunter Brown. We're all expecting big things from him, obviously. Uh, but you know, one thing that I think I'm curious about, it, your opinion about, is his control. We obviously mm. saw he didn't have great control in his first outing in spring training i need i think he needed like 36 pitches <clears throat> hit a guy um uh smoked him <laughs> yeah smoked him smoked him good uh kind of he's got a he's got a, a vaguely nuclear louche vibe about him right mm-hmm. it's like you know yeah. 14 strikeouts 14 walks you know or whatever it was um that's been kind of his mo in the minors as well uh but he's got to stay in the strike zone in order to really succeed at this level. Um, what, what, how do you think he's going to fare 
now that he's getting a real shot. I mean, with McCullers out, he's clearly going to be their fifth starter. Um, yeah. What do you you know? How do you think he fared? I mean, he obviously did fine last year when he came <laughs> up, but uh, what about going through a full season like that? Yeah, I think, you know, last year was kind of how do we get him into the rotation? How do we get him into games? Because they were slammed with so many good guys in the rotation. They were healthy, and then the bullpen was stacked. So how would you work him in there? They did a good job of giving him those 20 appearances. But at the same time, you know, I think he only had seven walks in those 20 appearances, which is a good number. Struck out 22, I think, in 20 and a third. I think he struck out 22. I can't remember, to be honest with you. But I know the walk number was low. But I think the idea in spring training is now you're in that rotation. Now how do you react to that situation? And maybe he was juiced a little bit, you know, just kind of excited mm. about the opportunity. You want to go out there and prove you deserve that spot. Nice. But at the same time, you know, it could be something he was working on in the bullpen. Maybe there was a little True. tweak in the delivery with Josh Miller where he's trying to find that release point. It works in the bullpen, and all of a sudden you get the adrenaline of being on a mound and seeing a hitter, and you're like, oh, i got to be too fine, and you start to lose that release point. So I think Josh Miller and Bill Murphy, two of the pitching coaches on that team, are going to be working very closely with him to monitor that delivery and that release point and teach him how to repeat that. But I think Hunter Brown has the stuff and has the desire to go out there and get better. So being that it was the first outing, much like Forrest Whitley, I yeah. want to see what they do in those second, third, and fourth outings and see if they start to, you know, all of a sudden you get this, you know, this wide funnel if they start to focus and narrow down a little bit and become better because the stuff – is so good yeah. the mid to upper 90s and the slider he developed yeah. i mean it is insane how good this guy can be <clears throat> but i think it's just relaxing and understanding that he doesn't have to strike everybody out he can use his mm-hmm. stuff and use that defense behind him yeah i think that's that's all great stuff i i do kind of with him you know i wonder too if he's just not working on stuff you know that that's always a thing that people forget when they're seeing spring training games is that a lot of times pitchers are just working on stuff. You know, I remember Mm -hmm. a few years ago before Lance McCullers really good season, I think 2021, he was terrible in spring training. Like he had a really terrible, but the whole reason he was terrible is because he was working on the curve of his breaking pitch. Right. That was his whole thing. He was, he said there were certain spring training games where I was throwing almost entirely nothing but curveballs just to, just to work on the shape of the curveball, and he was—he said I was missing a lot, and so I was getting hit, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's something that <clears throat> fans, we as fans, maybe don't uh, look at as closely. Maybe we take that, you know, and players take that for granted that you know they're out there trying to work on things. Never mind adjusting for the pitch clock and you know <laughs> yeah. everything Some else. Some external that's going factors. On. Everything else that's going on. All right, last guy you mentioned him, Forrest Whitley. I, you know. I don't even know if we should even be thinking about this guy. I mean, like, it, it feels a little like his – if he has any success this season at all, it feels a little bit like icing on the cake. I mean, like you said earlier, like, damn, Astros. Where do you, you know, what, <laughs> are you kidding me? I mean, I don't know if we should – like, I think all of us, because we've been following Forrest Whitley for, you know, five years know. or four or five years or whatever it is, and there have been such high expectations for him for so long – I think there's a there's a, a part of all fans who, who are like, come on, man. You know, you had the stuff coming out of high school. And one of the things that was mentioned about him in, a, in an article I read the other day was we forget, and you've said it over, you've pounded this drum, is the COVID season, right? Oh. He lost a whole season. 
Like yeah. in addition to the he well, he lost two because he got suspended for mm-hmm. one as well. So this is a guy, even though he's been at this five years, he's really only had three because he was out injured at one as well. He's really only pitched like two seasons in the minors. Um and he, again, twenty-five years old. What what should we expect from him this season? That's a really good question. I hope that the mind is right, the body is right. He's kind of lowered his release point a little bit, and he's kind of on the side of the baseball, so there's some arm side run there. And, you know, if that's something that makes him comfortable and makes him a, a little more active around the plate, that would be a good thing. Uh, you know, he's always had that really good curveball. So mm-hmm. it's just a matter of him putting it together and living up to the hype that we've lived with for so long as Astro fans because we know for a fact that when he was drafted by Jeff Luno around the same time as Kyle Tucker, there were two guys that were mentioned in every single trade during the Jeff Luno era that didn't get traded. It was Kyle Tucker. It was Forrest Whitley. Yep. And they had that untouchable label <clears throat> on him. Now we've seen Kyle Tucker – you know, fill out and become who we thought he we hoped he could be. Now it's Forrest Whitley's time, and I think he's uh, personally. I hope there's a little bit of frustration inside Forrest Whitley where he says, "You know yeah. what? I'm sick and tired of this. I've got the stuff. I'm going to go show it." And if he does show it, that's just another weapon for the Astros to go out there and attack with. And again, more fans are going to be like, "Damn, that guy finally showed up." Um, even with those lost season, like you said, there's plenty of ammunition left in that right arm. And he's, you know, I think that um, there's plenty of durability left in there, but he's got to learn his body. He's got to learn his mind and become that big league player because I think having Hunter Brown jump over him a little bit and become the guy Mm -hmm. is another maybe motivating factor for him that he needs to use to get better and stay consistent. Yeah, I'm with you 100% about that, thinking like, hey, this guy, you know, he just leapfrogged me. I was the darling of, you know, of the Astros farm system. And now this kid, mm-hmm. like, can you explain just a little bit for people who are watching listening and watching and might not understand what is what define arm side run? Because I've heard we hear that term a lot about mm-hmm. pitchers who change their launch angle and all that kind of stuff. Explain that a little bit so people get a better understanding of what that is. So if the pitcher is standing, nobody on base standing in their traditional setup facing home plate, and uh, the arm side, whether they're right-handed or left-handed, because a guy that uh, I always say this about is Framber Valdez. He has left, he has great arm side run, and that's why he has a tendency to lose command, is because his ball's moving so damn much. But if a right-handed pitcher is facing a right-handed hitter, he will release the baseball and it will tail. It will start to move in towards the right-handed hitter, as opposed to Framber Valdez, left-handed to a right-handed hitter, it will tail away to that outside gotcha. corner to a right-handed hitter. So that's kind of what I'm talking about. And sometimes those guys have a tough time getting to the glove side because there's so much movement and they have to extend a little bit further than maybe some other guys. But that's just basically what it is. They can stay on that. If you're right-handed, you're staying on that right-hand side of the plate, tailing into right-handers. If you're left-handed, it tails into left-handed hitters. But it's good movement. And a lot of times what that does is it jams that right-handed hitter and you'll actually create a lot of ground balls. And that's why Framber Valdez is such a ground ball monster is because it's tailing away yeah. from right-handed hitters and they get out in front, roll it over, and he gets those double plays to get out of jams. I did see a couple of, uh, you know, I watched some of Whitley the other day and you're right. I mean, he definitely has some of that run, particularly on his fastball. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's honestly with, you know, you want movement on the fastball. The main key is to just keep it in the zone. Uh, yep. so you're not, and not to overcompensate, 
uh, for it. That's so you're a throwing biggest it, thing. Yeah, so you end up throwing it right down the middle of the plate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, he definitely like that. It's it's obviously a good thing if you can get your control right. Um, yeah. And uh, so that's that's good to know. I think. I don't know what to think about Forrest Whitley. I'll be honest with you. I have no mm-hmm. idea what he's going to do this year, if well, anything. Let me ask you this. Well, let's say he is good. He pitches well enough to break with the team. What does he do? Is he is he your six-man rotation guy, or is he your swing man wow. in the bullpen that gives you multiple innings? I mean, how... You know, that's the other question. You're almost like, yeah. man, what if he does pitch good and we need him? Where do we put him? That's... <laughs> I mean, Blummer, that's another difficult question to answer. I'm glad I'm, you know, it's it's above my pay grade. Yeah. Um, but well, I will, I'm putting it on I, you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> let, me, let me get Dana Brown on the phone right now. Dana, yeah, right. here's the story. Um, so it's, it's a really good question, though. I, I would imagine to start, he's probably going to be that long reliever guy. Mm-hmm. You know, you feel like that's that a good thing to have role. early on in the season too, by the way. Yeah, exactly. Especially cause that's what Christian Javier's role was early on in last year. Um, and so you figure that's probably what's going to happen if that, if that is the case. Mm-hmm. Um, of course the Astros also have, uh, Abreu in the, in the bullpen Gosh. who could fill that role. And I mean, that guy might just come out literally and throw like 97, 98 miles an hour for like yeah. two innings straight. And we haven't and even seen w- Ryan Stanek yet. Right. Who had the cool. lowest lowest ERA in bullpen. I think that's lowest in Astros history last year. History. Yeah, he set a record. one So yeah, yeah, we haven't even seen that guy yet. The bullpen is going to be... It's, look, mm. I have a feeling, I have this weird, creepy feeling that the Astros are going to need production from their bullpen this year. Mm-hmm. Being able to stay healthy in your starting rotation the way they did last year with only seven guys pitching, you know, a start, that's just, that never happens. That's ludicrous. You know, I mean, yeah. it just doesn't happen. So I feel like they're going to need that bullpen. And it really does seem like they are just stacked in the bullpen, man. I mean, when you've got, when you consider that, like, they re signed Montero and they've got Stanek and Abreu and Presley and, you know, and, uh, and assuming Phil, assuming Phil Maton's hand has healed from his battle right. with a locker. Um, yeah, I mean, they've got a lot of, of depth in that, uh, you know, and they've got guys out there too. Like, who knows if Paredes is going to come in and be able to mm-hmm. give them some time in the bullpen? He's still got command issues as well, but. I mean, they've got a lot of options out there. Well, and Ty Buttrey's coming back. He's got yes. a history with the uh, Angels. You know, he's he's making a return. I think, the, you know, some of the – Dusty Baker. I Matt mean, Gage. The, yeah, the bullpen yeah. could be a completely different podcast, which would probably be a good idea. But I was just with yeah. you. I, I'm with you. I haven't seen Matt Gage yet, and there's a reason he's here is yeah. because of the left-handed ability. Gosh, there's another guy. I can't remember his name. Um but uh, you got Blake Taylor still hurt, Parker right. Mashinsky still hurt, but they yep. have big league time and have pitched well in that bullpen. But it's just important to note that Dusty really likes having that left hander out in that bullpen. Is it Matt Gage or the other guy I can't remember right now? But, yeah, well, uh, look, at, look, I'm just running through the list here as we're as we're sitting here talking. I mean, <clears throat> Hector Neris, who we just yeah. simply forgot. Um, you know, Seth Martinez, who pitched oh, tremendously dude, Seth is well so last good. year. Yeah. And then, and then Brandon Belak, who, uh, uh, you know, who, that's a guy who you could see in long. Well, and that's that too. Forrest Whitley Belak situation, where you right, know, which one of those guys? Yeah, could be I mean, it's for a, the same position. It's just like we talked about last year. It's an, it's just an obscene wealth of mm-hmm. of uh, you know of talent 
on them. You know, and, and of course, let's be honest, man. Um, I don't think their window is closing anytime soon. Like there's everybody no. talks about the window. I don't know the Astros really right now don't have a window. Now, obviously, you'll start maybe in a couple of seasons, you'll start looking at okay, are we gonna be able to keep Bregman? Uh, is Altuve on the downside of his career? Is Kyle Tucker going to stick around? We'll have to deal with things like that. But honestly, right now, for the Astros, yeah. if you're the Astros and you're Astros fans, of which many there are many people out there who are not, uh, life is good. And if you're not an Astros fan, you must be furious, which yeah. makes me a little happy. Is that wrong? No, it's all good. No, I, you know what? Um here, here, pretty soon, boo season is going to happen again, oh, and is. I can't wait because they're going to be <laughs> booing because they hated the Astros for 2017. Now they just hate the Astros because they're good, and they yep. proved it, and they did it in a way that was, it was actually pretty classy and pretty demonstrative. And I think yep. a lot of fans are like, now f these guys, man. <laughs> they're, they're still good and they're good. So boo, boo season is about to be upon us. Uh, and I think the Astros are looking forward to it again. And it's okay for Astro awesome. fans to embrace that. You know, I, I, the, yeah, and you're 100% right. And look, six straight years in the, mm, you know. That's a record. Six straight years in the ALCS, uh, uh, four World Series appearances, uh, you know, winning two. Look, it's dynasty. Should have been three. Should have been three. You're 100 percent right. Um, where art thou, uh, um, Garrett Cole? Mm. Um, mm. But uh, you know, it's it's the the fact that they are this good for this long. It's got a real. Oh, it's got to annoy people. It would annoy me if I weren't an Astros fan. Oh, if, the, if, it was, if the if it was the Yankees, we'd be like, oh. like I hate these guys. <laughs> if it was the Yankees, this would be like the Yankees when it was like Derek Jeter and A Rod and and that era of the Yankees. Would be like, yeah. Ugh, enough already. I've had enough. All right, Blummer, you got any uh, big plans for the weekend? You're coming back to Houston, dude. Heck gonna... yeah, I'm coming home for the rodeo, man. Let's go. Oh, you're going to the, you're going to go to the rodeo this weekend? Yeah, dude. Nice. You kidding? Yeah, I'm 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 flying home today's Thursday, I believe. Mm-hmm. It is Thursday. okay Thursday. Correct. I'm going to host a uh, Houston Open gala on on uh, Friday morning, uh, and then that night I'm going to see Bun B, man. Oh, Let's go. You're going to the H Town Throwdown. Heck yeah. Nice. That is the way to do it. If you're gonna go to, if there's any night to go to the rodeo, that's the one. I mean, mm-hmm. that's gonna be that's gonna be fun as hell. I'm going to see Muse tonight. Oh, nice! Uh, that's a Toyota great Center. one. Muse and the opener Evanescence, which I who haven't heard from about that band in a while. But that's well, I tell you good, what, that the lead singer's voice for Evanescence is legit. Uh, so that'll be awesome. Amy, Amy Lee, I think is her name. Yeah, yeah she's she's amazing. Yeah, she's redonk. So I'm gonna go see Muse tonight. Uh, that's great. And the, yeah, that should be fun. And are you gonna are you gonna find you, dude? The weather is gonna be so good this weekend. If you don't play golf, I may I'm gonna be disappointed. Well, there's gonna be a round. There's gonna be a round or two. Yeah, <laughs> I got to hit up my boy Scott House out at Westwood Country Club and just uh, abuse abuse my privilege with him. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. If, if you, you if you if you have privilege, use it. Otherwise, yeah. you know, and pass I'm on it scholarship on. over there. It's great. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right, Blummer. Thanks, everybody, for joining us. Uh, We will be back next week with a fresh pod brought to you by Bet Online. Huge thanks to all the listeners and viewers all across the world. You guys have been great. Liking, subscribing has been excellent. Obviously, we're really getting into the meat now of, like, Mm. spring training and and the World Baseball Classic is coming uh, as well. So 
Thank you so much for listening and subscribing and giving us five stars. Uh, Keep it coming. Have a great weekend. We will see you next week. Go Astros. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.